Pubcast. But grief changes as time goes on. So when you realize it's something you can deal with and you can treat it differently, like early in grief, you might just feel like your your heart is literally going to break open. Welcome to the Liberated Healer Podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your host, Gina, and offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. Oh, my thing froze. Hello, everybody. I am Gina Cavalier. This is Liberated Healer. Today, we, we have Emily Thoreau-Threat on. She has two books that she's dedicated towards her whole existence about talking about grief and happiness and how she can help you with her uh, experience and guidance as a nurse and uh, on and on, uh, help you through some grief situations. So welcome, Emily, from Maui, and happy to have you. Thank you very much. I, I'm glad that I'm here happy to talk to you. So, um, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, when grief is going to be happening, like in your case, you had two husbands that passed away and you dedicated your book to both of them, which I thought was really lovely. And you've had two different type of experiences through your grief with that, with their passing. And, you know, we're just thrown in this, we're recording this in November, 2023. So, you know, the world is in grief and um, we can feel it all around us. And so now more than ever, we need your kind of books and these kind of conversations. And you never know when that day is going to turn or something's going to come your way. And grief is very heavy uh, at times. And we, if we can get the tools, we can lighten it up and help, you know, cut down the the healing time. So um, let's dive in and let's hear a little bit about you and about the what the, what you've written to um, help people. Um, thank you. I'm I'm always happy to talk about it because it's things have turned out so well for me, which it was kind of a surprise because after I had two husbands die, I thought you know. I guess the happiness is over for me in my life. And it's the exact opposite. I really am happier now than I ever have been, which surprised me. And I'm grateful for it. <laughs> Very yeah. grateful. Yeah. But I had uh, Jacques was my husband for 22 years and we had a wonderful relationship and he got uh, started having health challenges after a well, our, our fifth wedding anniversary was when we discovered the, the first of it. So that was a long time that, that we dealt with his health issues together. And then mostly in his last two years, I was with him all the time with everything that was going on. And we, we, we had a great relationship. I loved him very much. And we did so many things together. And he, he was a bioethicist. Um, and uh, was the chair of the philosophy department at the college. And so he was all involved in, in the ethics of living and dying and taught the nurses the, the course that they had to take for graduation on living and dying. So we talked about all that sort of stuff all the time. And then he died. <laughs> but he was a lot older than I was. And I thought, you know, that was such a good relationship, good marriage that I wasn't interested in getting married again. I wanted to figure out what I was supposed to do with the rest of my life. And 
I got an offered a job to go back to what I had been doing with teaching writing at the university. And so I did that and that wasn't what I'd planned to do either, but it was there and it was good for me at the time. And then I met Ron. And so uh, we, we were together four years before we got married. And then we were married for six before he transitioned. And I was with him for the last two years. And ironically, both husbands died of the same thing. Yeah. And wow. that, <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. Ron wasn't sick when, when we got together. I had no idea that that was going to happen with him, too. But after we, we came to live on Maui two years before Ron died, and he, he knew that he, he didn't know how much time he had left, but he, he knew that he wasn't going to last a lot longer. And he really wanted to be in Maui because he'd lived here before I knew him. And he just loved it here. And so we came here and I'm, I'm really glad we did because I love living here. It's really great. But after he died, after just two years here, I didn't know that many people. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do because my time had been spent with taking care of him. And I was uh, just kind of at a loss. So because I'm a writer, I had uh, taught writing at the university for many years uh, before and after Jacques died. And I had written college textbooks and I love to write and I love to teach writing. And I thought, I'm, I'm just going to start writing about what's going on with me right now to help me figure it out because otherwise the ideas were just kind of bouncing around in my head. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, as, as I started writing, the more I wrote, I wasn't writing my books or anything at that time. I was just writing to explore what was going on. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened just now. I'm trying to talk. But uh, the more I wrote, the more things I found that I thought, you know, I could teach other people how to write this way and they could explore their grief that way and see if it could help them too. So I did. I started doing that and it, it was really great. Um, I just put an ad on Meetup because I didn't know anybody on Maui who had, was dealing with somebody dying except for the people who knew my husband who died. So I was surprised at how many people came to just to my house. I just invited them to my house. And we formed a real good group of people that were, we all had something in common and we could support each other with, with what we were doing. And we would write first and then talk about it afterwards every time. And it was really, really great. And then uh, about seven months after Ron died, a really good friend of his on the mainland died. He just dropped dead on his way home from work. And he was a lot younger than us. We were family, both family friends and they lived close by. And I was very concerned for his wife because I knew since she was so much younger that she would she wouldn't have even been thinking about the possibility of him dying because he was in good health and very active and uh, it it was just a, a shock. And I thought I've got to do something to support her. And since I'm not there and can't just drop by, uh, I I wanted to do something beyond the immediate. Uh, help that people people are always around right away when somebody dies and come to the 
whatever kind of service that you have and uh, they bring you casseroles, they, they, <laughs> they do things like that. But I, I was more concerned about what was going to happen when all the people went away. And yeah. so I thought, I'm going to write her uh, every week. I'm going to write her something, send it to her in the mail. So she'll be anticipating that that'll be coming every week for a year. Wow. That's, that's support right there. Yeah. So when I decided to do that, I thought I'd better see if I've got 52 different subjects that I can talk about that have to do with grief that could support her and be positive. And so I sat down and I wrote out 52 different things. And when I did that, I thought this is an outline for a book. Right. And so that's where my book came from was uh, writing that. And actually the, the first book has 26 chapters and the second book has 26 chapters. And, and the, each chapter is about one of those cards that I wrote amazing that that's a lot of chapters by the way um yeah because <laughs> i had a note here when i was looking through your stuff too about and almost every time i ha I do a podcast there's a, something going on either with me or um you know it, it, the timing always works out interesting and something that i've been thinking a lot about is support with with also with my book coming out the surviving suicidal ideation um, so, and I, I watched a, a, a documentary on another fellow who, um, jumped off the golden gate bridge, but survived. And then he oh, had, um, you know, there was, um, the, it was like the ripples of water. And I was talking to the producer for that, uh, for my documentary that I'm trying to uh, put together, but he was saying that how he got through the end and uh, it was the first thing he thought of was, Oh no, I, I made a mistake, you know? And then he had this journey, but he had a really a beautiful wife. He had a lot of family support and I was the opposite. I didn't have any support and I, and I still have very little support. Um, I, um, I think it's because, um, of the, the group that I created early in life, um, just living in Los Angeles, sort of the debauchery type group. And I'm now elevating the people in my life, but support through grief, through like, that's what keeps coming over to me over and over again. And I like that you said meetup because you just said, oh, I'll just create a meetup and I'll welcome people into my home. Not a lot of people even do that anymore because of potential issues and stuff like that. So support, it's a huge deal. Um, do you have a little bit more on kind of why that's so important and what, why, what, what you feel about that? Well, that, that has really blossomed for me as a result of all this. And, and I really love it because I think if you have somebody in your, that, that you communicate with that gets you, you know, that, that has been through things too, and, and you can communicate on a, on a different level. And when the pandemic started, uh, that group, that first group kind of ended because none of the people wanted to go online. And of course we couldn't get together in person. So I started doing the group online and I was feeling like there was something missing because we were basically writing and we were supporting each other and it was a good thing, but I, I knew there needed to be something more. And I remembered that after Jacques died, I read a book by Marcy Shimoff called happy for no reason. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I need to pay attention to that. The, the book helped me a lot when I read it then. And I thought that's, that's what people need now. They need to see that 
just because they are grieving and just because they're they're dealing with with a, a big issue of not having their loved one there in person anymore that they still could be happy and when i first started saying that to people they said oh no that's an oxymoron people can't grieve and be happy at the same time yes and so i set out to prove them wrong yes. <laughs> so i i found out that that marcy shimov had a uh training program uh, called the happy for no reason certified training program and i thought i'm just going to take that and see what she has to say to see how i can incorporate it into what i was doing and i was so thrilled when i got into the program and realized that she wasn't teaching us how to teach her classes she was giving us all the information that she'd learned about happiness and spreading happiness and doing things to support happiness that once we got certified we could use it however we wanted to Mm. And so I said, well, I've got the ideal vehicle. And so from that came my grief and happiness podcast that I do. I've got almost 200 episodes so far and it's, it's doing very well. And people really relate to it because I think a lot of times when people are grieving, they want to be happy. They don't want to stay down all the time. They want to see that there's more to life than, than the sorrow, the deep sorrow that they are experiencing. So I did that. And then I thought I can add happiness to that writing group. Mm. But because I was getting a lot of kickback on this, you you can't be grieving and happy at the same time. I thought I'm going to do a pilot program. So I invited a bunch of people that I knew from around the country that I'd known like throughout my lifetime. I said, I've got this idea and I want to see if it would work. Can you, you know, help me out here? So we had a pilot program and, and we met and talked about what I had in mind. And then I actually took them through what it would be like to, to come to a Zoom class where we would write and talk about the writing and then learn a happiness practice. And then afterwards, we all got together and said, OK, what do you think? And they all said, this is a great idea. <laughs> they said, I never thought of something like that before to, to grieve and be happy at the same time. And I said, well, I, I've really come to love the idea, too. But my concern about it is that I don't want people to have to pay for help with this. I, I think it's something that it, people need to be offered to support them. However, it costs money to do things like that online and to get the word out and all the things you have to do. So they said, well, we'll just form a nonprofit foundation so that we can pay the expenses and you don't have to charge for it. So that's that's what they did. Uh, it's been almost two years that we've been meeting every week and with no end in sight. And we've even right now we have started a, a training program to teach people how to facilitate it so that we can have more meetings of it instead of just one at, at one specific time. Because we've got people from lots of different time zones. I've had people from... Uh, Australia, New Zealand, Sweden, England, lots from Canada, all across the United States. And all of those places, somebody from Saudi Arabia has been coming regularly. So it's it's uh, lots of different time zones. And so by expanding it out and teaching other people how to do the facilitating too, we can have more of this. And so it, we're just spreading happiness through a lot of grieving throughout the world. 
And um, so you, you primarily focus mostly on people passing type of grieving or what is there a different? I, any, I always say grief and loss. Okay. Because there, there's tons of different things you can grieve for, and lots of it is loss as opposed to uh, grief. For instance, as you mentioned, I live on Maui, and we had those horrendous fires, and yeah. so many people lost so much. They lost homes, not not just it's not just a home burning down. Lots, lots of people do experience that in life, but these people lost their home. They lost their job because the business is burned down the yeah. post office, the grocery store, uh, their families, you know, so whole families died in this. And it's, uh, it's been quite a traumatic experience. And that's, everybody's on Maui is grieving, whether we knew somebody who was, who died in line or not, we're all grieving because of the, the loss to, to our community. Yep. And so it's, there's, there's, yeah, well, lots of loss, lots of kinds of losses. And, um, uh, you know, I know you're familiar with Elizabeth Kubler Ross and her oh, yeah. ages. And, um, I had another amazing woman on Susan Anderson and, um, I had her on because I went through a really bad breakup last year, but it wasn't just the breakup of the person. There was a lot of uh, nefarious, like eat dark, mean things that mm. were being done to me um, for what I couldn't understand. And um, so that brought in a, um, just for example, like the person threw away all my photo albums and all my pictures of my family. Oh my gosh. I don't even know why. Like, I don't even know why that would, Somebody would do. There wasn't even like a like a horrible thing that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, and I have people that have passed that I miss. You know what I mean? That those are the only pictures of them. So, um, you know, I was having to regrieve um, lots of anger and um, things like that. But um, what I liked about Susan Anderson as well, you know, these kind of books that, you, that you're creating is you can go to at that moment where the anxiety starts to roll up. You can either put on the audio book or, you know, and, and the way that Susan breaks it out, she does break it out into stages, but she's very clear, a little bit different than Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, where um, you go back and forth to stages all the time. Like you can go from five to one in a day or, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, but the reasoning why I had the podcast, it fully on started with me. It was very selfish. It was like, I want to get all the information I can because when I intellectualize what's happening in my mind, my body, and my soul, I seem to feel better. It's the knowledge that helps me for some reason, just, you know, connects me, makes me feel more connected in that I have access to things you know mm -hmm. that's the reason why we we talk and we share you know and we want to share with other people um but do you have any um have you had any experience through different like different phases you know with like withdrawal or you know anything like that or stages yeah there there are i i know when elizabeth kubler ross was doing her writing and and talking to everybody thought oh this is a new thing somebody finally put this all together well everything existed she was descri describing kind of what was already there 
And yeah. since then, if, if you like Google it, you can find some people say there's 20 stages. Some people say there's three. <laughs> it's That's all true. different kinds of things because there are so many different things that we experience depending on so many circumstances because no two things are going to be alike in, in this. Everybody's going to experience something different. Just because I had two husbands doesn't mean that died from the same thing. That didn't mean I had the same experience both times. Everything we experienced was different. And when when you recognize that when something happens, let's say you're you're grieving and something comes up for you and, and you're going, oh my gosh, nobody else has ever felt that way. You go, hey, this is just grief, you know. <laughs> This yeah. is just just part of the process, and each each one of the things comes up. If you deal with it, then that can help you move forward, not get over it. I don't believe people get over grief. Mm, uh, that's you, you, yeah, that, I think that's that's really important because when when people look for a cure for it, that that doesn't exist. Yes. Yeah, in, in, in some situations, you know, something will come up and you go, oh, my gosh, and you could you can even have chest pains and things that it really feels like that's happening. Yet, as you, you find that you deal with things and you get things in perspective, you'll be at the point where you can put your hand on your heart and, and you know, my loved one's in my heart for the rest of my life. Yes, I did have a doctor on who said that that is a real diagnosis. A broken heart is actually, uh, she's a cardiac surgeon, a heart surgeon, heart cue is their company, an amazing couple that was on my show. Um, but, uh, a broken heart is a real thing. And it, you, you know, you know, I, I always relate it to like, say Johnny Cash, you know, who, when his wife died, who he loved so much, you know, he died like few months after she died, you know, like it is real. Like this is the, this is a very sensitive organ. And, um, you know, I, I just encourage people to go check out that, um, episode because it was really interesting about how the heart is almost like the actual brain of our body in some senses. So this pretty, but there's a lot of tied information into the grief, that heart, you know, into your space. Mm -hmm. There, there's a, a lot to do with that. There's so much that either we don't know about or it's out there and we just haven't run across it yet. Yeah. For instance, heart math is something that there's so much to that. And if you're interested in your heart and how your heart works, not just I'm not just talking about uh, pulsing your blood throughout your body, but but how how your heart really works. They've done so much research on it, and it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, and you're yeah. talking about the HeartMath Institute, which is mm -hmm. really anybody should check out for there's so many different uh, beautiful things that they have on their site that's free as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I, you know, I don't know, grief is, you know, I know a lot of people are going through some heavy grief right now. Um, and it's more of a collective there's a lot, there's a collective grief happening. Um, and, um, you know, it's part of being human and being, uh, in the, and feeling the way that we are, you know, so I appreciate the work that you've done to get us to happiness a little bit more. And I liked how you were like, you know, grief might never fully go away, but you can still be, find a way to be happy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'll be I'll be grieving both my husbands forever. You know, yeah. as long as I'm here, I'll, I'll be grieving them. I think part of uh, part of what happens is we we listen to those traditional marriage vows of till death do you part. And that's not the way it works. <laughs> we think that when somebody dies, it's over because that's what we've heard so many times. But it it really isn't that that way. Yeah, you, I you mean, can... I miss my first husband, and he's not dead. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, it and I know I'll never see him again. And um, and I, you know, I think when you love somebody, you just love them regardless if they're in your life or not anymore. And and that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. love is a beautiful thing and it should be shared and it, you know, and uh, shared as much as you can, you know, and uh, recognize that you, just because that person isn't with you anymore. doesn't mean you can't love them anymore. And yeah, to appreciate that, you know, and, yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that because it, it really is significant. I know that, um, I've, I've had some people comment on the fact that I've been married, you know, to two different husbands and I keep saying that I love them both. And they'd say, well, you, you can't look two people at the same time. And I, so I look at them and say, how many children do you have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, you, you can love the whole world. You know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm really concentrating on living in a state of unconditional love for myself and for everybody else. And if you if you love somebody unconditionally, you can't go to war with them. You can't uh, fight with them. You know, you, you can't do things that, that aren't going to serve you both. Because if you love someone, you're going to support them and help them. Yeah. And uh, be happy. And... Yeah. Yeah, it's so the, the the more everybody focuses on love, you know, really, truly love, not just, uh, you know, superficial relationships or, or that sort of thing, but, but really love, the whole world would be a better place if that's, that's, if everybody focused on that. And I believe that you are never left alone, that your loved ones are still with you all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you ever need them, that they're there and that you can build a communication with them. You know, I've seen that over and over again, and I've heard all kinds of amazing stories. And that's my personal belief. But, um, well, Emily, it's really great. This is Emily Thoreau Threat. Um, she has the um, Grief and Happiness Alliance, which sounds like it's just doing wonderful things to help a lot of people. So uh, I encourage you to joy or join or check that out if you have any need for that. Um, the Grief and Happiness Handbook is also available, and she has one other book. What was the title of that book? Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. And so I just uh, want to say thank you for Sarah and the work that she does to get out all the amazing authors that she works with and being such a great partner to the Liberated Healer podcast. And is there anything you'd like to take us out with today? Well, I would love for you to focus on love. I would love for you to focus on being grateful, Write, writing things down every day in my journal that I'm grateful for. Every day I do that. And that you, you, it's hard to be 
sad and, and grateful at the same time. And I, the other thing that I write in my journal every day, I write lots of my journal every day, but I always put in there something that brought me joy the day before. Because when, when you can reflect on what you're doing and see that there's always something, there's always something there. And when you start focusing on that joy and focusing on that love and focusing on that gratitude, your whole world changes. And, and that's the that, whole world that we get to live in, you know, mm-hmm. you don't even sometimes understand, like just. You know, if you just keep your eye, you know, when you're kind of stuck in grief, you know, looking up and being, wow, that, that's a pretty blue sky or, you know, just little things too. And just be grateful for that. You know, absolutely. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Emily. It's uh thank you for what the work that you do. And we appreciate your time today. And if anybody has any need, I'm going to link everything below so you can find it easily. Please uh, uh, like, share, subscribe, send a comment or an email to me, Gina at deliberatedhealer.com. If you need anything or uh, we're here in service to help you doing this, to just be a part of our community. Thank you for being part of our community and sharing that your love with us too. Thank you so much, Emily. Oh, thank you for allowing me to share. All right. Bye now. Aloha. Aloha. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Podcast.